Brethren, it's really we are privileged to be here today. When God himself has come down to be in our midst, to do all manner of good works, it's a privilege to be in the church today. And I'm privileged to be here also. And so we want to thank God, the King of Kings, the, Prince, the, 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 the Lord of Lords, the God of the entire creation, who has come down and sitting on his throne, so that today, when we have finished being in his presence, we will go and we still we will continue to be in his presence. May the Lord bless you as you become a partaker of the blessings of God today in Jesus' name. I still want to thank the leadership of the church whom God has used to ask me to be here today so that he will bless us by his grace and power. So brethren, you know this year the team is prepared to meet the Lord, prepared to meet your God. When I was away and I was asking and I was told that this is, I was asking, is it the team for our outreach outside? And he said, no, it's the team for the year. And I actually understood that God has prepared to do a great thing in our midst. God doesn't want us to go out calling men into the kingdom. And then on the last day, we will be cast away. That's why he has taken time this year to do specific things in our life in preparedness for the soon coming king. Our king is coming soon. We can see everything all around us. Thank God for the revival outreach that took place just a few weeks ago. When God took his time to show us the signs that the end is here. And so if you have been in doubt, I know that now you will know that God is about to come. That God is actually interested that we'll be ready. You will agree with me that there is no time to waste anymore. And that is why this topic is also very important. The topic of today. Night comes when no man will work. Yes. If you have a work to do and you have a time limit, you can't afford to deal down. You can't afford to play around. If the master that will require accounts is coming anytime, would you want to meet up? Would you like your work to be accomplished? Would you like to complete your work? So that when he comes and we are meeting him, we will not be ashamed. We will not be hiding our face. Because your work at that time will be telling you you have not completed it. In fact, you will know yourself that you have not done what God has asked you to do. So that is why he is reminding us that as part of being prepared for our soon coming king, preparing to meet our God, that we need to do our work and do it well. God has given each and every one of us work to do. Everybody... God has given you work to do. I want us to first of all go to our Bible text. John chapter 9 verse 14. John chapter 9 verse 14. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. Night is coming. So it means that we... 
We have only the daytime to work. The spiritual daytime. Because when the night comes, we won't be able to work. And so we don't want to be caught by night and we haven't accomplished the work God has given us. Jesus said in John 4 verse 34, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish it. Jesus was anxious, eager, and had it in mind to accomplish his work. He's God, remember. God was interested. Jesus was interested in accomplishing what that God has given him. Because he knew that he had specified time to do the work physically on earth. And he was mindful that there was time limits. And he was telling his disciples that just the way you need food every day. How do you feel? You know, some people can't even fast. Because the moment they started, they, you know... <laughs> Some people are not able to fast because of the way they love food. Or the way their body is asking for food. And even when you are fasting, you know how it is that your body is asking for food. So, Jesus knows that it is as important as the food you eat every day for a living. You know, that you accomplish the work. And so he said, for him the work is even a better food. It is like his food. His apostles went away to look for food. But when they came and they were asking him to eat, he said that the work he has right now, the food he has right now, is just the work which he must accomplish. And that was after he had had an interaction with a woman that eventually went out and evangelized a whole country, a whole city. After meeting with a woman of Samaritan, you know, the work was still on. There was still work to do. And so he was mindful that he had to accomplish his work. Praise the Lord. And so, there is a sense of emergency. It's very important that we have in mind, be conscious that we have work to do which we must complete. God has given each and every one of us. And that is why the preacher said, I want somebody to read for me Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. Please. Whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where you go. So the preacher has told us that this is the time. Whatever your hand can do to the glory of God, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it without delay because there is a place all of us are going. If the Lord tarries, we surely will get there. That, that place we are going called grave. There's no work, no device, no knowledge, no wisdom. You know, in that place we are going. In the grave, you, you won't have any opportunity again. So let us, now that we are here, let's have that sense of urgency that we have work. And so we begin to look into what God has committed into our hands. Matthew 24, verse 36. I want to read from New King James Version. But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels, but my Father only. Verse 42, he said, 
Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. So you see, we don't know the time. And we've been told that we should be prepared. So we must finish our work. We work as people that want to accomplish our work before the time ends. Before our time is up. So that is the sense of urgency there. That is why we cannot afford to be wasting time. Running away from the responsibilities that God has given each and every one of us. You know, dilly darling, wasting time. Verse 44. Therefore you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. So, you see, Jesus himself said it all. So, he said, the Son of Man will come at a time we don't know. And that's why we have to work hard to accomplish the assignment that God has given to each and every one of us. Praise the Lord. Even in First Thessalonians 5.2, we are told that that day will come like a thief. You know, forget about these days. These days, thief will have heard of where they write letter to inform that they are coming so that you prepare. That's not how, that's not the typical way it has been. Normally, thieves will come when you don't eh, expect. So that you won't inform the police. You won't have your gun. You won't have your weapon. You won't be prepared. So that they can get you and be able to get what they have come for. Okay? So, said that the Son of Man, the day of the Lord, that day will come like a thief coming in the night. And that's why we have to be ready. We have to prepare ourselves. In readiness, we have to accomplish our work. Praise the Lord. Now, what is this work we are, what is this night we are talking about? I want us to look at the night. Night is coming when no man can walk. How can you meet your night? How can the light come? Brethren, I want to tell you that when the Lord Jesus comes to rapture his people, which is the ultimate, which is what people are looking out for, by that time, night is there. Because if you didn't move on, if you didn't go up, if I didn't go up to meet with the Lord and join the rest of the saints, my brother, my sister, you will be on your own. Night has suddenly come. Because the grace to do the will of God, to do the work of God will not be there for you. Praise the Lord. So, let us not allow that night to come upon us. And we are not able to present our work accomplished. Another way is that. Some people are saying, well, we'll be hearing it. Some people that are older now, they will say, some people, they say we've been hearing about the coming of the Lord. Are you sure he's really coming? Let me tell you, for people, the Lord, is, the Lord has come for many people. If your life, the Lord requires your life from you, and you go to join them beyond. My brother, what other night are you talking about? Night has suddenly come. And incidentally, we don't even know when our own time will be up. We'll be walking as if, you know, we know. But we don't know. We don't know what the Lord will require from us. Look at that rich fool who has gathered all the wealth. And he sat down and asked his soul to be glad, to marry, because he has worked so hard and has made a lot of wealth. What happened? Did he see the light of the next day? That very day, the Lord said, you fool, come. Come 
I require your light. If there is anything he has left undone, is he going to be able to do it again? Night came upon him. And so night has been coming. That's why you see some people, when they are writing the obituary thing, they say, good night. You know? Good night, papa. Good night, mama. Even the people know that that is a night. Night comes and we won't be able to walk. So if anybody dies, the person has suddenly entered the night. And there is no work, no device, no knowledge or wisdom. We cannot add on in that grave where we are going. Praise the Lord. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, when we still read from verse 5. I want to read. He says, for the living know that they will die. But the dead know nothing. And they have no more reward. For the memory of them is forgotten. You know, we are privileged that we are alive. And we are still talking about that one day we will die. And that means that right now we can still do something for ourselves. We can begin to make amends. We can begin to wake up from our slumber. Because we are still in the land of the living. But he said the dead, they don't have any reward. Their memory, no matter how very much they say the memory of them is in our heart, there's nothing more. With time, we forget them. When the person is still there, all you'll be talking about is that person. By the time the person has gone to the grave, gradually we begin to forget and adjust our lives and begin to do without that person. And there is no more reward for anything because that person cannot add on. Can no longer do the work of God. Can no longer deliver for the Lord. In that place is going. There's nothing more to say and nothing more to do. And that is why the Bible said it's appointed unto us once to die. After that is judgment. Even if your brothers and sisters like, let them book hundred masses, thousands of masses, so that they will pray for you, so that things will be better. Nothing like that, my brother. Search <laughs> the scriptures. There is nowhere where they said the living can make up for the dead. Begin from Genesis, reach the revelation. So if anybody has been deceiving you out there and saying that when you die, you know, if you have made a lot of money, you know, it can be used to book masses for you so that people will pray for you and you will have another opportunity of remedying your work so that you enter the kingdom of God. That's trash. That's trash. There's nothing like that in the word of God. So now is the time. When you are alive is the time you make your own records. That's the time you work for yourself. That's the time you will, you know, improve your own accounts, your records. And therefore God is giving us opportunity as the word of God is coming. Be looking into your life and see whether you've been measuring up. Whether you are ready with your work to meet the Lord. Whether if the Lord comes now, that work he has Given it to your hand. Whether you've done it well. Whether you have been serious with it. That assignment that God has given you. I know God has given me some assignments. I don't know about you. Do you even know the assignment that God has given you? Brethren, I want to tell us. That God has given each and every one of us. And it's for you to recognize it. To identify it and begin to work on it. In case you have not started doing so. Praise the Lord. Yes. Sometimes when people grow old. That's a kind of night. Even though it's not like losing your life. Or like the rapture has taken place. But you will be alive. 
and you see you cannot walk again. You will be alive and you will even wish you can do some things. And brother, my sister, you see that old age has taken its toll on you. And if you left your work undone, at that time, even when you have finished chasing all the wealth, making all the, you know, playing all the policies, answering all the big names, acquiring all their college, you know, and at that time, when you now become sober, and you want to improve, you want to look down and you see that you don't even have anything to show, you know, unto the Lord. You will desire that the hand of the clock will be turned. But my brother, I haven't seen this turn before. Even I, there are some things I would have loved to do before. But when I see now, I wish I could turn the hand of clock. But I couldn't turn the hand of clock. Only for me, to what you have to do now is to, you know, improve right now. Okay? Double up the game now. Improve on what you are doing. So that you can make up for lost ground. Praise the Lord. The preacher said in, can somebody read for me? Can somebody read for me Ecclesiastes chapter 12? If you have New Living Translation or Message Bible, I'll prefer it there. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 from verse 1 to 3. Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your Creator. Honor Him in your youth before you grow old and say, Life is not pleasant anymore. Hmm. Remember him before the light of the sun, moon, and stars is dim to your old eyes. And rain, rain clouds continually darken the, your sky. Mm. Praise the Lord. Continue. Verse 3. Mm. Remember him before your legs, the guard of your house, start to tremble. And before your shoulders, the strong man, the strong man stoop. Before him, remember him before your teeth, your few remaining servants stop grinding, and before your eyes, the woman, the woman looking through the windows, see dimly. Praise the Lord. He said, this is the time, when you are young and strong. He said, remember the Lord in your youth. Don't let the excitement of your youth cause you to forget your God. In fact, that is the time. That time you are filled with energy, excitement. That is when you should channel it to the work of God. Honor Him in your youth. Before you grow old. What happens when you grow old? You will no longer enjoy living. That's what my Bible says. And it will be too late then to remember Him. You see? You will remember Him, but it's too late. Okay? When the light of the sun and moon and stars will dim, you're seeing things and they are no longer exciting. You know, you're looking at the sun, but it's not so bright anymore. Meanwhile, it's bright, oh, but your perception of life has changed. And you don't have the zeal anymore to do the work. Praise the Lord. The three said, your lips will tremble. <laughs> when we say we are going to Amafo, in Yuhuapara, that place, ask them how the road is. You need your strength to, to move around. That time you will wish you can join in that outreach. But you will not be able. So what has happened to you? You're already in the night, oh. 
So now that you're young, that we are young and we are filled with energy and strength and we are healthy, that's the time to go out. That's the time to be committed to this work. That's the time that we should do it with all the zeal. Praise the Lord. And he said, you know, and there is no silver lining amongst them. You look and there is no hope. You look in the clouds, among the clouds. At that time, you're not like you used to be. When people will be talking, you don't understand what they are saying. You will only be filled with regret. Because when your zeal has come up, your legs will not take you there. Your strength will fail you, even though you desire to work. So my brothers and sisters, now that we are strong, let us make up our mind to do the work of the master, to do the will of the master, and to finish it like Jesus himself said. He wanted to accomplish his own and he did. And therefore we too can accomplish the work that God has given us by his grace and power. Praise the Lord. So let's look at the work he's given us. Some of us don't even know what work. They keep talking about the work of God, work of God. What is this work of God? What is the work that we have to do so that we will accomplish it in good time? Praise the Lord. Jesus committed, let's, uh, if you go to my, uh, Luke chapter 19, if you read down, we will not, we're not going to read it because it's a long story. Read down from 12 to 27. Jesus told the crowd, when he was going about doing good, crowd was following him. He told them of the story. Because they were thinking that the kingdom of God will come right as he, that in fact that he has come to restore physically the kingdom unto Israel. Okay? He actually came to restore the kingdom. But not what they could see with their ordinary eye. And he was, in order to tell them that then was not the time. That the time of the full manifestation of restoration of the kingdom of God is still to be looks, you know, what, something that yet to come. He told them this story of a nobleman who was invited to another, a distant empire. Bible, some, Bible version call it distant empire. Another city. You know, a far place to be crowned king. And when he was going on this journey, he was going to take a while. But he doesn't, he didn't want the work, the work of the kingdom here, where he was going from, you know, to suffer. And so he called his servants and gave them talents, money, mina, depending on the Bible version you are using. He gave them, he gave them substance, something, capital, to begin to do the Lord's business. And he told them to go and occupy until he comes. So they went. And he traveled. When the master traveled, Bible said that the citizens begin to rebel, revolt, and they began to do acts of hatred for the master. They didn't want the Lord to reign over them. He didn't want them to come and be Lord over them. This is just telling us of the world we are living in now. There are servants of God, people of God, and we are surrounded by the citizens of the earth, of the world, who are revolting, who are rebellious, who are doing all sorts of things. But while that was going on, the master, the noble man still committed 
palace unto those who have become his servants. If we are his servants, then we are the people he's talking about. He committed, gave each and every one of them ten minas, money, capital, something, some substance to work with. And then he went. After a while, he didn't tell them the day he was coming. Because at that time, that nobleman didn't even know the day he would be finished with that business of being crowned king and come. So nobody had an idea. So, of course, after some time, the master was taking his time to come. People started working the way they liked. Some of them were committed. Bible said after a while, the master came back to require an account. He's given us, he's given everybody, it's a time to come and tell me what you've done with what I have given you to trade with. The business. People take stock. He wants them to come and give stock, accounts of the money he has given them for business. Praise the Lord. The first one came and he's made profit ten times the original amount. Some version will say he made ten minutes, extra ten. But some other version will say he made it ten times. Okay? Another one, the second one made five times. That's to say our strengths vary. These people have different abilities. But the Lord knows. But all the same, you see, that somebody made ten times. Another person made five times. When the master came, he called them. He said, you my faithful servant. The person that made ten, because God knew the ability of the person. And the person that made five, he told them, come and enter my rest, you faithful servants. But somebody, the last one came and he was telling him, you see, I know you're a very hard man. You want to reap. How can I come and be doing this job? You want to reap where you did not sow. He was telling the master that he wanted to obtain where he did not deposit. And he said, I know it. And that's why I wrapped it in handkerchief, in napkin. And I kept it JJ for you. See what you have given me. What, what, what was the reaction of the master? A time to meet the master. And he didn't have anything to show. Of course the Lord, the master poured out his wrath on him. And what did he do? What that little thing he had. He took it away from him. Took it away and gave it to those that deliver. Praise the Lord. He gave it to the person that was delivering the most. Because it means that that will also yield much more. Praise the Lord. So let me tell you, God is not a a foolish investor. He has given us, everybody has opportunity. All of them had opportunity of receiving a capital. Ability, resources, something he gave everybody to work with. So if you like, put your own into use. If you don't put it into use, when the Lord will look in to see how things are going, when he will come for stock, he will see that you have stagnated his business. What will he do? He will take that little you have and give it, and you have nothing. And you see yourself going down. Because even that little one you will not have again. And so it is, some people, we are invested with so much from the Lord. But they have not used it. They are not interested. They are not committed. And so, after a long time, you see that they don't even feel like doing it at all. 
Perhaps the Lord has taken away the talent he's given you. Perhaps he's given it to somebody who would deliver. And you see some people, they started from little. And then every day you see what the Lord is doing with them. And you say, well, according to the blessings of God. You had, oh, all of you started on the same level. But they put their own into use. But you did not put even that little one that was given to you. So how can the master continue to give you more? How can he enlarge your coast? What did he do to the one that had ten? He gave him control over ten cities. So you can see his, his coast enlarged. The one that made five extra, doubled, multiplied his own in five times. He gave him control over five cities. But the one that was, you know, racking sense. How can I? Some people say, all the men of God, all these things, we do it and they are growing fat. It's not your business what they do. Do your own. Let the Lord require of them. Everybody will account, even the men of God, even the priests, even all the workers. So concentrate on your own and make sure that the Lord will not blame you. Let everybody account for his own. Don't say that when you bring it or you do this one, the other one will happen. Just make sure you do your own so that the Lord will not find you blameless. So that that day you will not be cast away. You will not meet the Lord in shame. Praise the Lord. And so, because God has knows his committed work to us, he didn't leave us empty handed. He has equipped each and every one of us. God is a wonderful person. He doesn't call you to work, unlike what you can see in some companies. They employ, but the equipment, you even go for training. The equipment to do the thing is not there. You find yourself wasting away. If the Lord calls you for anything, be sure. Don't worry about how he's going to equip you. Even if you didn't have it at the time, you think that you're not equipped. You don't have what it takes. And you sure that the Lord is asking you to be committed in this work. I, I tell you, my brother and my sister, the Lord is going to supply everything you need. The Lord will equip you. Sometimes he's already equipped us. Before he even begins to direct us. And we are still thinking that we don't have what it takes. But you see when you obey. And you start on. You know. You get on to do what God has laid in your heart. That place the Lord is leading you. That place that the spirit of God keeps reminding you. I need you here. You have to be here. You have to be doing this. The moment you cue into it. And you begin. You see that the grace. The enablement. What you think you didn't have. You see it being manifest. Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 4 to 7, shows us how God has distributed gifts. By His Holy Spirit. He gave gifts. Gifts of the Spirit. The Spirit of God equipped us. Once you give your life to Christ, once you, you know, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to tell you that the Lord recruits you into the labor market. Into his kingdom level market. Once you are a child of God. You are already a part of the labor force of God. The only thing is that. Do you recognize it? Are you willing to start on? So when he has recruited us. At the point of our salvation. He will give us what we need. And that's why. When he calls us. He equips us with the gifts of the Spirit of God. And that enables us to work without stress. You see yourself excelling in an area. That is where your gift is. 
Because the gift of a man will make a way for him. As you begin to walk there, you see things you even were thinking will be there. It will just come easily. You will see that the Lord has given you grace to walk in that area. Praise the Lord. And it is the Spirit of God that distributes this gift at His own discretion. We didn't even say this is... Sometimes we may... There's something we may like to do. We may admire somebody that is walking in certain area. You know, and we may wish to. Okay? But it is actually the Spirit of God that distributes this gift according to His will. Because He's the one that discerns us so well. He knows the things we will be well fitted in. He knows the things that we can excel in. So even as you are looking at this and admiring how I wish I want to, that's the area I want to go. Be sure that the Spirit of God is leading you in that area. If it's just based on admiration, you will go there and you will not deliver. You won't perform. So be sure that the Spirit of God is leading you in an area of service. And as you go there, you will see that the Lord has already equipped you. Praise the Lord. And the Spirit of God will give you enablement, empowerment, so that, you know, you will perform. And this Spirit of God is has given us, so that as each every one of us begins to do our work, it will be for the profit of all. Everybody. Your own work that you deliver, as you deliver what God has asked you to do, another person delivers, it will all, you know, you will get a blessing from the other person. And the other person will get a blessing from you. That's why he said it is for the profit of all. He actually gave us the spirit, the spirit of God, to help the church. Praise the Lord. And so, the Lord has given you something to do. What is it that the Lord has given you? Ask yourself. What do you have in your hand? The Lord cannot take you to something so strange that you don't know about. He will start with you from where you are. From what you are familiar with. That thing you are doing, but you are doing it, you know, just like anybody. It is from your natural endowment. From the things you see yourself. For instance, somebody might be able to organize something. You see that out there, in the village meeting, they are always giving you this. When they need to organize, they will always call you. You have a talent. Don't you think you can use it for the service of God? But do you know, when you bring it into the service of God, there will be a difference. If you consider the rod of Moses in Exodus chapter 4, verse 2. And what did the Bible say about it in Exodus 4, 20? That rod of Moses, the staff with which he was leading animals, what did it become? God asked him to bring it, throw it, do this and that with it. As he obeyed God, it became the rod of God. It became what God used to deliver a whole nation of Israel. He will raise it and the people of God will win battle. He will put it across the, the Red Sea and the sea will pass. You see, God will use what is already there with you. So don't say that I don't even have it. That means that thing you have for your, you're using ordinarily. God can, if you're willing and you can submit to God. God said, I need total submission. I need you to give me your heart totally. When God sees the totality of your heart, He knows what He can use. He knows everything about you. And He can see Him bring out something out of you with which He will use to do wonders. Praise the Lord. And you will see how far God can take you. You will not, you don't even know that that is an area you can excel in. Praise the Lord. So we already have what we need. He's already equipped us. That rod in your hand. 
That thing you are doing, maybe you are very good at counseling. You see that in your office, whenever somebody is in problem, they run to you, you know? Because there's something you will tell them and things will just be alright. Don't you think you can bring it to the service of God? Don't you think you can lay it before God? And God will make you a counselor. And you see how God will mend lives. How God will reach out to people. Because you have submitted something. A little quality you have. God can use it to do the work. And as you are doing this, you are fulfilling your God-given assignment. The assignments are not something outside this world. They are not something we go to get in UK. It is here with you. Right where you are. So we can use it. And God will use it to do great things. Praise the Lord. And so we can do exploits for God with what we have. The normal things we use for daily life. And you see that we are using it well. We are doing better in those areas and others. Bring it, submit it to God. We are talking about work. Okay? In case you don't know what work God wants you to do. We are just giving you a direction. How you will begin to know the area that God wants you to, you know, what God wants you to do. You will see that it will not be something so difficult. It will be something that you can easily do. And as you do it, you see yourself becoming more excellent in it. Praise the Lord. And the work of God may be within or without. It can be in the midst of God's people. But it can be outside the world. Out there in the world. Praise the Lord. Out there in the world, God is asking us to go. Did you hear God asking, looking for people that will go? This morning, did you hear God saying who will go? You know, the Spirit of God does not lie. God, there are people who should go and they are not going. That's why he's asking you, what are you still doing there? Why can't you bring yourself? God knows that you can participate. God knows that you can do better than you are doing. Maybe you only bring in money. But God wants you to go. It's not everything money can do. If all of us bring money here, who will go to there? Who will go out there? We can hit this church with money. We will money develop legs and go and do the work. Some people will bring money and that's what God wants them to do. But if you are among them that God is asking to go, don't continue to warm the seat. It is time to go. God didn't miss words. I see God sitting on the throne here this morning. And he's talking to you and talking to me. And he actually came. He told us that he came with his presence. He came mightily. And he's still here amongst us. And he's talking to us that we need to move. He said, move. So don't continue to stay there. He wants us to move. Because some of his work, we need to move to go and do it. Some of them, we cannot do it sitting down or lying down on our bed. We need to move. And therefore, that's why he said, now that you are young and you are strong, you can move now. Now is the time to reconcile with God concerning the work he has given you to do. And so we begin to move. He said, who will go for me? Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Praise the Lord. Is anybody there? Matthew 28, 19 to 20. We are taking, looking at all the places we have work to do. How? Without. What is the work out there? What work is God expecting us to do? In the outside world. Praise the Lord. Is anybody there? Yes. Matthew 28. 19 to 20. 20. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I will, I am with you always. Praise the Lord. The end of the Praise the Lord. So you see, for every believer, this one is not a specific, this one is not a special gift. Don't think there are people who give special gifts. Yeah, he can call you into mission. It's alright. But every believer has this mandate. Go into the world and make disciples. So that's our primary work. First of all, if you are a disciple, you have to make disciples. If you have been called, you have to participate in calling others. Otherwise, Imam Batacha, who's a Mechie, God used people to reach out to you. For me, God used people to reach to me. Oh, I still remember. God was going for me. He used one person. I was a stubborn person. I was self-righteous. We thought we were the people brought up in the way of God. I was looking at people that said they were believers. And I was comparing my holiness and righteousness with them. But I didn't know it was filthy rag. It was God using people to come. Some even wrote me letters telling me certain things. God used people to reach to me, to talk to me. In fact, at the time, he had to use somebody I didn't know that he had even met with Christ. But it was somebody I respected so much. That day, I knew that I could not resist. You know, God is looking for people. He said his children is perishing there. And so we need to go, my brother, my sister. And God is counting on you and me. No special person. It's not a priestly affair. It is for every believer to go and make disciples. If it's not in the rural village, it is out there in your marketplace. It is around your office. It is in your compound, in your environment. It is with the people that you come in contact with every day. It is the people that you travel with in your bus for long distance journey. Okay? Any opportunity to make disciples. Because sometimes it was just that brief contact with that man. Sometimes God has located you a place. Somebody, God has been reaching out to the person, reaching out to the person. But still the cup has not full. You know, sometimes the word of God continues to until when it overflows, the person cannot resist again. Maybe that day, God needs you to top up so that that person will surrender. That day, it was a top up because I have been hearing, uh, people have been talking to me, I have been even fellowshipping with some brethren. Let me tell you. So, it is possible that you've been fellowshipping with the brethren. You have been coming to church, but you have not yet committed your life to God. As you hear the word of God today, let it be a top up for you in Jesus' name. Let it be what will cause your cup to overflow. May you yield unto the Lord. That day I yielded. I went home and I was thinking about it. And the Lord convicted me. Right in my room. And I surrendered to God. And that day the Lord accepted me. And I became born again. Right in my room. I didn't even have any person helping me to say the sinner's prayer. I just had a track in my hand. So that person that gave me the track has done the work of the master. He gave me a track. And I read that track and I saw things differently. I was convicted and I yielded to the call of God. 
Will you be the person that will have track in your hand that you can give? And somebody who has been hovering on the, what do they call it, value of decision. Will you be the one who will make the difference? Sometimes if you don't do it that day, the person will go down, back. Okay? But that was the time. Praise the Lord. So we have to be alert. We have to be alert. Praise the Lord. We have to be alert to go as the Lord will ask us. When we go out there to make disciples, we have to go. Praise the Lord. In Mark 16, 15, is everybody is telling. He said, go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Praise the Lord. So, he didn't say, he did not, did you hear him mention anybody? No. He was talking to the disciples. And if we have become the disciples of God, God is asking each and every one of us to go out there and make disciples. That's our primary assignment. That's for every one of us. And then we also have some other assignments, specific. This is the general work. Every believer you have to win so. Every believer you must go for the Lord. Thank God today is word evangelism. Most of us share away from it. Do you know that God can use you to reach a soul? Do you know that the Lord can put words? Only thing you need is willingness. You don't even need to have rehearsed it at home. You don't rehearse the word of God that will make a difference. You don't even rehearse it. When you are willing and available, you meet somebody, the Lord will put in your mouth the word that will make a difference. Praise the Lord. And you will see the person yielding. And you will see somebody who has been hardened because it's the Lord. You are obeying the Lord's command at that time. You see the Lord reaching out to the soul. Praise the Lord. What of within? So how dare we have to win so? And it is by different ways. Different ways of preaching. Preaching with the word, preaching the gospel. Living the right kind of life so that they see us. Doing the right thing. Not joining the crowd. When we do that, we are also preaching. We are reaching out to them. They watch us and they want to be like Christians. They want to be people of God. We go out there. We reach out to them by our lifestyle. By the way we live our life out there. Praise the Lord. So when we are out there and we are being true disciples of God, even when we did not speak, we can minister. We can reach out. We can win souls. Praise the Lord. One of within the church. First Corinthians 12, still in 12, verse 9 to 11. As you go through, you see that God has given each and every one of us gifts, specific gifts. So be a blessing unto one another. You know, when we come into the house of God, there are people at different levels of their Christian race. Different levels of their race unto eternity. When I talk with my brethren in outreach, I tell them that we are in different classes. Just like people come into university. Some are in year one. Some are in year five. Some are the final year, isn't it? The way, the things you expect from the somebody in final year, is it the same as the one you expect from the person who has just come in? There's a level of knowledge and wisdom that will be in somebody who has spent two, three years in that university, in that institution, than newcomers. Jump bites, they will not be the same with those who have been there. So it is in the house of God. God is calling us at different times and different levels. And some people are taking their time to move. But whatever gift God has used us is for the building up of the church. 
is for those who have matured in the, in, in, in the word of God, in the nurture of God, that God will use them to build up the young ones who are still fragile, who have not had their, you know, feet strong. Some of them are still very gullible, can easily be blown away, okay, by when people mesmerize them with all sorts of things. God is expecting us as we operate in our different gates by the grace of God, that we can reach out to this one, that we can help build everybody. Those who are in class one, over time they will move on to class two. And God will begin to, even your own gift might be for those in class two. Some people, their gifts are for those in class one. When you go to follow up class, you see that people are in, put in different classes. As they mature, as they begin to come to the knowledge of the word, and they begin to, you know, you see in them the transformation. They move them from one class to another. Praise the Lord. So it is in this congregation. We are in different classes. I am in my own class and God is helping me. God is using people to build me up. And you are in a class. And the gift of another person is for building you up. So why would you go and hold, hide your own? So that you will not be used to you know, build up other people. Praise the Lord. Don't stagnate the gift God has given you. It is for the work of God. And we need each other, brethren. We need each other because we are all one body in Christ. Some of us are the hand, some of us are the leg, some of us are the mouth, the nose, the eyes. Okay? You know how it is. Ask those who are having issues with their sight. Ask them how it feels. Even though their strength, their mind is sound, but there's something, oh, it's uncomfortable. There are some things they are no longer able to do because their sight is failing them. Even so it is. Any one part member of the body of Christ, when you are failing in your own work, you adversely affect the progress of others. And God doesn't want it to be so. God wants all of us to bring what he has blessed us, the gift he has given us, to put it in use so that we will be blessing one unto other. We will edify one another. We will grow up. We will build up one another. Praise the Lord. Please, my brother and sister, don't sit just being a sit woman. Don't warm up the seat only. Don't come and go and you don't know what's happening. Today, make up your mind that that work you have neglected. Some of us have been in an area and they just lose interest because something has distracted them out. And they are no longer calling them. And when they said, come and join activity group that day, so many people flowed into different units. And then you're giving the activity leader the headache every time they are calling you. Brother, we didn't see you. And you have one excuse or the other. Next time when we say identify, you go and identify. You may even move to another one. And say you do not perform. You do not deliver. Make up your mind, my brother and sister. If you continue to flow from one activity to another, just know that the rolling stone will not gather moss. There will be nothing for you. You will not have accomplished anything. And when the Lord comes for you, what will you say? You will say you are in the church this year that you are in this activity group. The other way. But what have you, what do you have to show? You have been rolling, moving from pillar to post. Settle down in that area that God is telling you. That area you are being led. If you don't know, if you really are not sure of where God wants to use you, you can meet the priest. You can meet the priest. You can meet an elder. And after interaction, you will be cancelled. You'll be helped. But don't stay warming the seat. 
On that day, we sang, will I go empty-handed? That day, what will you go with? When the Lord comes for you, what will you show? Praise the Lord. Are you going to be ashamed? Or will you jubilate in the, you know, in front of your master? Knowing that you have a good reward and that you have done your work right. Praise the Lord. Let's look at the things that can hinder us from making progress in the work of God. You know, we might really want to work. But there may be things that we are allowing to our lives. Or they are there and we are not taking note of them. We are not careful about them. They will pull us down. You see that you are not making, you are making progress. You take two steps in, uh, forward and one step backward. Do you think that you can reach the goal? One of the things, one of the things that can pull us down in our work with God, in our work for the kingdom, what Bible called weights. Weights. Apostle Paul was admonishing them in Romans chapter 12. This one, down to two, he said, Seeing we have been encompassed by a great cloud of witness. We've seen that there are people who ran the race and ran it well. Let us lay aside every weight. And the sin that easily besets us. As believers, some of us have weights. He didn't say, was he addressing the unbelievers? He was addressing the church of God. And so as a church of God, some of us have not laid aside some weights that we are carrying. And some sins, very easily, as soon as that thing comes, we'll fall. Oh, we say, oh, we've fallen again. And you get discouraged and you can't make more progress. So what are these sins? But let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And we should be looking out to Jesus. As we look unto Jesus to help us, he will help us to drop this weight. So, some of this is worldly thing. The world. Some of us have not dropped the world. We are in the church and we are still carrying the world. Romans 2, Romans 12, 2. He said that we should not follow the customs of the world. So, but first, our problem is fashion. Anything we see that is raining, we must wear. And in that state, God cannot use it. Both from young girls and young boys. Especially for the young girls. You see yourself following fashion in such a way that the Spirit of God will turn away. Some of us is our friends and the companies. Some are our classmates. These people, we are my old school boys. Old, you know, schoolmates. People find it difficult to drop old schoolmates. But some of them are not good company. They are, when you are in their midst, you see yourself lowering the standards of the kingdom. Okay? For some of us, it is what we eat or what we drink. Some of us are still taking alcohol. Brother, alcohol competes with the Spirit of God. Alcohol is seeking a possession of your soul. And the Spirit of God wants to stay there. And let me tell you, the Spirit of God will not strive with any man. If you decide that alcohol is what will stay there, the Spirit of God will gently leave you. Praise the Lord. So if you want to make progress 
and you want to be spirit-filled and accomplish your work, you must drop some of these things. Some of us eat so much that we can't fast. There are some things. Good. Jesus said that this type does not go except with praying and fasting. So it is a very important aspect of our race. And we have, these are things we have to arm ourselves with so that we accomplish our work. Praise the Lord. Secret sins. The psalmist prayed to God, deliver me from secret sins. Some of us, are, there are still some things we are doing in secret. Maybe that thing is inside your phone. Delete it, my brother. Because anytime you open it, you fall into sin. You, there are things that you are hiding. Nobody knows, but you know. We know ourselves. God also knows. Drop those secret sins. If you are not able, cry unto God today. Today, God has come mightily. And he said he wants to do great things. He will wear us new garments so that we will not go back and be like pigs. Praise the Lord. These are little foxes. Little, little things. Malice, hatred, gossip. They are little foxes. But they spoil the vine. They cannot, with them you can't make progress. God cannot make you a custodian of great assignments. Praise the Lord. It's when you are faithful in little things, God will, you know, commit great things. So, my brothers and sisters, Lack of integrity. Some of us are not faithful. Little things given to us, we are doing it anyhow. Little activity, responsibility given to you. Some people, they want to give you, even to share the word of God in your little unit group. You say you cannot do. So how will you make progress? If you cannot share it with the brethren, four or five of you that are there. Is it when you go to Zanfara that you will come and stand and preach? That we there. Okay, you are not faithful there. You shy away. Little thing. Exalt yourself. Be committed. God will provide the grace. Praise the Lord. Pride. Some of us are too proud. Matthew 10, 32. says, if you are ashamed of me, okay, on that last day, I'm going to be ashamed of you. Jesus said, if you are ashamed to tell people, you know, about me, when the time comes before the Father, he will be ashamed of you. He will deny you. Praise the Lord. So, the loss of the eyes, the loss of the flesh, and the pride of life. These are the things that hinder us. These are the things that hinder us. Take note of it in First John chapter 2, 15 to 16. Take note of it and read it and meditate on it. Praise the Lord. Another group of workers Jesus identified, which we must point out, are workers of iniquity. They are working. They are in the church. But they, Jesus described them as workers of iniquity. We are in the church, but our work is what the Lord abhors. Another person says their work is unauthorized. You are doing something and it's not authorized. God has not authorized you. And you are busy doing busy body doing that thing. Praise the Lord. So, and he's also said they are workers of evil. Different, different ways God describes. That is why in Matthew 7, 22 to 23. Jesus said, that on that day some will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, we were prophesying in the street. Oh, we did this thing and did that. We worked miracles. We were following the outreach. Every time they went, we went with them. Even the word evangelism, we were there. You know, you would say all sorts of things you did. You know, you played drama and you sang in the choir and you were in Night City. All this labor. You're, you're, but you are walking outside the will of God. If you are not repented, if you've not given your life to Christ, my brother, your work is not accepted. Your work is unauthorized. 
Because the Lord will authorize you when you, because you will be doing according to His will. If you're not giving your life to Him, you're not doing according to the will of God. If you have been a believer for donkey years, but you're still carrying all those things, there are some no-go areas in your life. There's an area that will say, say, eh, Biko, now, I wouldn't boka. You, there are still things you are holding close to yourself. God is asking us to surrender all. He wants us to surrender. If you want to work with God and accomplish your work, you must surrender. Surrender all this weight, all these things we are carrying around. If you have not allowed Jesus to become Lord in your life, you have been a believer, you've obtained salvation. Yes, you are working in grace time. Allow Jesus to become Lord in your life. Yield unto him. Give him all. And you see him empowering you. And you see him directing you. You will even hear the voice of the Lord telling you, this is the way. Follow it. This is what I want you to do. That is how it can happen. Those things that you don't know about, that you're having, the Lord will make them expressly clear. Because you have allowed him to be Lord over your life. Praise the Lord. False prophets, false teachers, if the Lord has not sent you. If the Lord didn't ask you to say, my brother and sister, please, if you are a messenger and the Lord did not give you words to say, don't say your own word. Otherwise, you will be offending the Lord. A messenger does not have a word, do not have any message, unless the master gave him a message, isn't it? If the master has not asked you to go and deliver this message, don't go anywhere because you don't have a message of your own. Don't deceive the people. Don't even try to impress the people. Don't do what the people will like. You have a master to obey. Otherwise, even after you have prophesied and done all the great things, on that day the Lord will say you are a worker of iniquity. And he said, go behind me. I don't know you. How will it be? Praise the Lord. The Lord has cautioned us, counseled us. In Ecclesiastes chapter 9, 7 to 8, he said, go eat your bread with joy because and your drink. And drink your wine with a merry heart. For the Lord has already accepted your work. Your work is acceptable. As long as you are doing it in the will of God. But what are the conditions that will help you to continue to do the work that is accepted? He says in verse 8, Let your garments be white. I had the Lord talking about garments today. I had the Lord talking about garments. Let your garments be white. I had the Lord talking about oil in your head. And your head should not know oil. Let your garment always be white. And let your head lack no oil. Let the anointing of the Lord be on you. Always present yourself to the Lord. He will annoy you. He will enable you. He will empower you. And you will see yourself doing the will of the master. And you will see that we will meet the target. And when the Lord comes, we will be among those who will gladly come. And he will tell us, come into my rest. You faithful servant. Praise the Lord. So you can see. God is interested. God even made the altar call. You know, God already preached this sermon before I stepped up here. God has said everything he wanted to say. He said it already. In the messages that were delivered. God is telling you that if you can come Today, he is ready to make you clean. So, my brother, don't worry about how many years you spent in the church. Is your garment white? 
Have you reconciled with Jesus? We are praying now. Or are you still a worker of iniquity coming and going and your work is not acceptable? Will you labor all through and on that day the Lord will tell you go away I don't know who you are? Talk to the Lord. Have you given your life to Christ my sister, my brother? Have you reconciled with the master? God is interested in those who will give their life to him today. You know, God actually came and he's still here with us. He came to do all these things by himself. We are actually in front of the, the majestic God who says, I want to clean you up. Will you give your life to Christ? Will you surrender it to him now? If you are, think about your life. If you know that if the Lord has for you now, if the night comes now, you will be ashamed before the master. Talk to God now. Because he already said that he is willing, he is ready to clean us up, to accept us into his kingdom. And he will bring you into his workforce now. And your work will be acceptable, my brother and my sister. Would you like to give your life to Christ? Raise your hand. Not for me. Raise it for Jesus, who is already here to give you a future and a hope. If the Lord is telling you, calling you, telling you something, have you been there before? But you went back away into the world. He is giving you another opportunity. You can raise your hand because the Lord is ready to restore. If you are ashamed of the Lord, on that day he will be ashamed of you. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I am not ashamed to identify with Jesus. I am not ashamed to say that I am born again. So if you are not born again, it is time now so that you can proudly come and say that you have been born again. Raise your hand and begin to come. Because the Lord is here for you. Come for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who is sitting amongst with us today to restore your life. Our daddy will pray. Brother, pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I have come in response to your call. Forgive me my sins. Take away my name from the book of deaths. Write my name in the book of life. Fill me with your spirit and I will live my life for you. Eternal Father, we thank you for the life of your son who has come forth in confidence that that which you have spoken you are well able to perform. You have commanded us in the church And said to us that when two or three of us shall agree concerning anything, the same that we agree on earth shall be done in heaven. Father, we stand as your church and as your people. And we pray that his name 
be deleted from the book of death in the name of Jesus. That his name be written in the book of life in the name of Jesus. That the spirit of the Lord shall descend upon him now and shall cause his spirit to come alive. And the Father you shall cause, O Lord, the transformation of his life. And forthwith he will walk in the strength of your spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Hallelujah. Begin to talk to God concerning what you have just heard. What are those things that are hindering you? What are those weights, customs, traditions, lifestyle patterns that are separating you from the Lord and making you unable to run your race now that is still day? Ask that the Lord will help you take them away. You may be born again, but how fruitful is your life? Be sincere to yourself. Tell yourself the truth. Ask that the Lord will take away those barriers. It may be fear. It may be fear. And the Lord says that the fear for also shall be cast into hell. Eternal Father, walk in the life of your people again. You have assured us of your presence. Break down those strongholds. Remove those weights. And pour upon your own the strength that renews life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.